Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. Welcome back to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas. I think I've met the one. One of my clients once exclaimed to me after they met someone on an internet dating site. She felt that they were so drawn to each other, almost like moths to the light, that she felt that they had great chemistry. She was thrilled that they appeared to share the same likes and interests, that they were so compatible. She had met her perfect match. A year down the line, they broke up. Why? What went wrong? In this episode, we're going to think about how actually it's really important to bridge the gap between you. Thinking about how being different can add strength to your partnership and not just how being different means that you're not compatible. We want to think about how connection and compassion are more important than chemistry and compatibility. And it's really important to know when to agree to disagree instead of trying to win the fight. So do great minds think alike? Or is it more opposites attract? Do you need to agree on everything to feel satisfied in your relationship? Well, that's what we're going to explore a bit more in this episode. That's built on chapter 17, Bridging the Gap, from my book, The Lasting Connection. And I know you've had a lot of patience with me when I've been working my way through the book. Uh, We're now on 17 out of 24 chapters. If this isn't really interesting to you, if you're not currently in a relationship, actually still bear with me because a lot of these relationship skills, a lot of these difficulties that arise in the intimate relationships between romantic partners also apply to other relationships. So navigating your differences can apply to you and your sister or to you and that co-worker who you find really annoying. So it doesn't really just apply to you and your partner, even though I will be using the word partner a lot in these sessions. Really think about how you can extrapolate these universal skills to other relationships too. So do bear with me and stay listening to the end because you're going to learn a little bit more about how we bridge this gap. So let's get back to my client. What went wrong with this perfect match, this chemistry, this compatibility that she'd had with this someone who she met who was so right for her? Well, firstly, she had utterly unrealistic expectations around relationships. Buying into the myth of the perfect partner. When this person wasn't living up to her every expectation, disappointment set in. Secondly, she'd only focus on the ways that they were similar and ignoring all the ways that they differed. When they started to disagree and argue about things, which you inevitably do after a while because you can't see eye to eye on everything, she then concluded that she'd been wrong all along and they weren't compatible after all. And thirdly, she didn't make enough efforts for that relationship connection and got furious rather than curious when her partner's opinion differed from hers. Her expectations put pressure on the partner with her criticism of his opinions straining their connection. 
the relationship ended after the honeymoon phase, when those electric feelings of the initial click had faded. So she had managed two out of the four C's that I often talk about. She managed chemistry and compatibility to begin with, but she'd failed to keep the connection going through a lack of compassion for a partner. So being a good fit is not enough for longevity. We do need something more than that. And yes, of course, shared interests will build memories and you will have positive experiences together. But chemistry and compatibility aren't the be-all and end-all to creating longevity in a relationship. Good couples relationships aren't based on partners needing to have the same temperament and liking the exact same things. I mean, think about it for a moment. Wouldn't it be pretty awful if you were dating yourself? Wouldn't it be pretty awful if you married someone who was exactly like yourself with all the same flaws and difficulties as you have? I would pretty be, probably be quite annoyed with myself on a daily basis. So it's really important to also be aware that sometimes we try to want to mould around other people. We desperately want a good fit with that new person we've met. So we play up our interests to impress that other person, to actually click with them. Unfortunately, some people do this in a malicious way. You know, it's almost like playing a game, trying to win the other person to pursue you and catch you. But most often it's more unconscious. We're just trying to find all the ways we are the same. Oh, you like that song? Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that song too. Even if you might not really think that way. We're just looking for sameness. Unfortunately, if you're playing that up in a way that's not true, because you're just trying desperately to be liked and to please the other person, years down the line, that won't work. It's like building a house of cards. And after a while, the foundation falls. Because if you're not authentic and genuine with who you are and what your interests really are, desperately looking for a click with someone else, trying to fit them, then that won't stand the test of time. So I want to say something really important now. It's more important to have togetherness and a way of compassionately coping with your incompatibilities than being compatible on every point. If you create a compassionate climate where you can respectfully dare to disagree at times, the disagreements won't rupture your relationship completely. So using your skills in finding compromise will help you when learning how to cope with differences between you and your partner. And in the book, I have an exercise here where I help you figure out what you each bring to the table. Understanding what you can each sort of sort of soar high in the sky on, what strengths and qualities and traits do you bring to the partnership and then also maybe looking at the things that you are not so good at maybe understanding that there are times where you fly quite low on things so we used the example before that when maybe one partner is very organized and can do planning and structure and the other one is maybe more spontaneous and can at times become impulsive if that second partner struggles with booking their flights to go on a, on a trip together, maybe the first partner can take ownership of that and say, I'll make sure we sort out the flights so that no mistakes made around it. Or they can support and help the other partner to get it right. This is how you can use your strengths to overlap. So imagine that you have two circles. You know, you draw one circle and then you draw a partial overlap, like a Venn diagram, if you may. And that where you meet in the middle, that's your overlap. And it's only partial. We don't need those two circles to lie 
perfectly over each other so you don't see the second circle. They don't need to match fully. We need a partial overlap, so there's some shared interests, some shared values, some shared similarities, but then each of you are allowed to be an individual on your own as well. So that's why it's really important to agree to disagree at times. There are things within your relationship that you cannot see eye to eye on. As relationship researcher John Gottman calls these perpetual problems. No matter how much you discuss, negotiate and try to compromise, you won't be fully satisfied with the solution and the problems keep coming back. So it's key to accept these moments as you otherwise run the risk of bailing from actually a very satisfying relationship and breaking that connection. Just sometimes it just isn't workable to try to get an answer or compromise to a dispute. And you know you'll have to find the most workable solution. They pick some, you pick some. And there might be things that you're willing to live with, things you can tolerate, agree to disagree on, and there might be things that are deal breakers. So deal breakers are things that you just absolutely cannot tolerate. You, you cannot live with them being like that. So this is where you kind of think about, do I accept it or do I change it? So I find the serenity prayer very helpful for this. And that's something that's often used within AA and other other 12-step programs. It goes like this. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Change the things which are under my influence and the wisdom to know the difference. So I'm kind of giving you mixed messages here. On the one hand, I'm saying there are things you need to accept about your partner and about yourself that you can't change. And on the other hand, there are things that you can change about your partner and change about yourself and change about your relationship. So the tricky thing is how do you know the difference? What's going to be workable to improve, to make requests around, to raise complaints about respectfully, to say that I need this to be different for my needs to be met versus okay, this is just how it is and this is how you are and you try your very best and I have to accept that this is your opinion. It's a really, really fine balance and difficult dance to, to do day to day. So using a compassionate lens, I want you to ask yourself what you can do something about and what you choose to live with in your relationship. Serenity comes from stimulating your soothing system, helping yourself to slow down and calm down and reduce the threat so you're able to get some perspective and clarity on your relationship. Acceptance is being able to see the world as it is, not as how you want it to be. Accepting with compassion means that you try to understand the journey that you and your partner have been on and what has shaped each of you. Accepting is not liking. You can accept your partner's flaws without liking them. And change is what happens when you become accountable for yourself, finding the courage and strength to take committed action to change your behaviour and have that positive change ripple out of your relationship. Influence is what is within your control, what you can actually resolve. Often couples attempt to solve unsolvable problems, such as having different personalities or preferences, instead of accepting that it is what it is. And wisdom is doing what works. Understanding how the world works and how you two in your relationship work, and then doing what gets you the best consequences. 
know when to address an issue, to promote change, and when to just live with it. So at this point, I'm going to give you one of the little sections that I have in every chapter, which is my story. And I've added this in the book, with some trepidation, of course, because it's hard to be vulnerable. But I've added this in the book because I want it to be seen as someone who's human too. Living everyday life with a tricky brain, in the tricky strains that come on a relationship. So here's a section from this chapter, my story. My husband and I are different in a lot of ways. We have a slight age gap. We're from different countries. We've grown up speaking different languages and we have very different aptitudes. The insight into each other's strengths and weaknesses has helped us to compassionately support each other when we struggle. I failed orienteering in school and I just will have to get lost when I go somewhere new. It just happens. Whereas my husband is excellent at reading maps. Different skills, different thrills. Together we make an excellent pub quiz team. My husband, on the other hand, doesn't want to inconvenience other people and will not ask for help if we're lost. So I can knock on someone's door to ask for directions, tolerating that embarrassment when I've got lost again. And he will struggle because it puts someone out or it's a little bit embarrassing. So yes, this has led to friction many times, but a lasting connection is not about not having friction. It's about understanding the friction and working through it. We can complement each other if we work as a team with our unique blend. And sometimes we just need to agree to disagree. And during the past year in the coronavirus pandemic, it's turned out that our different skill sets has really helped us work well together to survive in a crisis. We took on different roles and responsibilities tailoring to our strengths. And even though we often felt strained in the past year through juggling work and childcare, we have grown closer than ever. Everything doesn't have to be perfect and shiny to strengthen your connection. So I want you to think about that now, how a compassionate couple can bridge the gap between you. How your different personalities, different skill sets, different interests, all of that are things you can either soar high on or fly low on. And you can think about who brings what to the table, who brings what to the partnership. And then finding compassion for your differences. So let me say it again. It's not about how compatible you are. It's about how you can bring compassion to your incompatibilities. I hope you enjoyed this episode about bridging the gap between your differences. And I'll see you again soon in the next solo episode from the book. Bear with me. We are now, this was chapter 17 out of 24. So we will be coming to the end soon. And then we'll be doing other themes. And you're more than welcome to drop me a message to suggest a solo episode you would like me to cover. Any questions you want me to answer any subjects you would like me to talk about that is related to being high striving or struggling with busyness in your life, feeling overwhelmed, maybe feeling anxious or stressed out, maybe having even perfectionistic traits. So you can drop me an email on info at thethomasconnection.co.uk to suggest a topic. And if you found these topics helpful that I've been covering, make sure you share them to someone. Make sure you rate, make sure you review. All of these things help the visibility of the podcast which means it's easier for me to continue to do these episodes. If you've enjoyed the ones covering the book, do remember that my course, The Compassionate Couple, covers the whole book in depth with video exercises to watch, audio exercises to download, written worksheets to fill in, 
and questionnaires to help you understand and improve the connection between you and your partner whilst developing compassion for yourself and the person you love. If you're interested in learning more about The Compassionate Couple, you can go to thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash The Compassionate Couple. And until I see you next time, do take care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's gonna help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www.thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. So that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas. And you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, This episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.